every loving one of you. Welcome to Digging Through with Jesse Alvarez. That's me. This is our fourth podcast, number four. We've been on for four of these already. It's unbelievable. This has been um, a great week for me, partly because I was uh, away on vacation. Oh, wonderful, wonderful vacation. It was actually very much needed. Um, I find that I, uh, I, have, I have no time, no time for, for myself, really. Um, I used to have so much time to read and to ride and ride a bicycle. No, I never rode a bicycle. Never mind that last one. Um, but anyway, I had all this time in the world to be a leisure-loving woman. And lately, it's, it's just not ha- been happening. It's not been happening, and it makes me very upset, actually. Um, it makes me very stressed out because um, I do my best thinking when I'm having fun. That's the whole point of, of having fun. It's, it's you, it, it relaxes your brain, and that's when the best ideas come. So... I was very happy to take off this weekend. And um, what we did was we got into our car and we drove up, 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 up through Connecticut and into Massachusetts and towards Cape Cod. And we just drove and drove and drove until we reached that, that tip of the outer Cape, that paradise called P-Town. P-Town. p town Provincetown people Provincetown is where the pilgrims first landed and they couldn't hack it so they left and they went to Plymouth instead P-Town is also this fantastic artistic free community it's um it's got this long history of being sort of freewheeling and part of it was, like I, I'm assuming, because it was a, a fishing village. And so you had all these transient types living there, you know, fishermen and sailors. And then um, eventually that, that sort of like ran into some trouble. There were a lot of bad storms one year, and it destroyed a lot of the fishing community. And there were all these glorious warehouses and storefronts and people said well let's just start selling shit and um and so they opened the door to tourism and um people came and the people that mostly came to Provincetown in the 1920s and 30s were artistic folk artists writers playwrights musicians People that needed space to create. People that needed an escape from city living, perhaps, to rejuvenate. Take that vacation so they can like be creative again. And so they came to Provincetown and set up shop for the summer. And some of them liked it so much that they decided to stay longer. And this thriving artistic community just grew and grew. And all this free freedom, this freedom of expression, encouraged people who perhaps were living closeted lifestyles, 
to come to Provincetown and be free and be gay and be a lesbian and just love and enjoy life. And so the gay and lesbian community grew and festivals started happening every week in the summertime and more people visited and more tourism came and you had your day trippers, which were families and and all these people sort of mixed together in this wonderful little town every summer. And this is where I wanted to be because I needed that sense of community. I needed that sense that people who are living, diff- living different lives and who have different ideals can get together and just enjoy everything with each other. Enjoy the sun, the bay, the beach. Enjoy the music, the entertainment. Enjoy the wonderful library, the outdoor musicians singing, the fudge, the ice cream, the clam chowder. Everyone just enjoying these things together. It's a beautiful thing to experience. And I'm very lucky to have discovered Provincetown for myself. And the way I came to Provincetown for the first time, um, I didn't know anything about Provincetown growing up in New York City and in New Jersey. Um, People didn't go to P-Town, you know, from where I'm from. They usually went, you know, to Brooklyn or something. But um, I fell into Provincetown one year when uh, I won... Uh, a, a sort of week-long scholarship at the Fine Arts Work Center, which um, has has a great building uh, in the center of town. And they hold workshops for artists and writers and poets. It's a great place to go and take a class in the summertime. They also have fellowships that they offer um, for the winter months. Anyway, I, I won a, a scholarship for a week, and, and part of the deal was that I got to stay in Provincetown on Commercial Street, which is sort of like the main drag, in a house that the Fine Arts Work Center owns. And it was an old Cape Cod-style house, small, lots of wood, clappity-clappity, the neighbors were super close to it, so you can hear everybody on the block. And I shared the house with a poet, and it was an amazing week. I took a class given by uh, a fantastic writer, Victoria Riddell, and um, I even got to do a public reading for the people that were attending classes that week. So we had a good time, and it was, it was a great first visit. But the best part of that visit was that I got a chance to hear Grace Paley read. She came that last day of that week, and um, Grace Paley was probably in her mid-80s and looked it, you know, pretty old woman. And they they had set up a stage for her with this this beautiful wind-backed, chair and a little table and and the microphone sort of set up so that she can sit very comfortably and read and um, 
what I remember was Grace sort of getting up on stage and looking at this chair with so so much disgust in her face because she um, she didn't feel like she needed to sit in order to read. She felt that she could stand on that podium and read just as she's always read. And, and so she, um, she immediately told them to, to get rid of the setup and, and put the mic where it belongs on the podium. And, and they did. These, these uh, coordinators sort of like scurried around and did her bidding and set up the podium. And, and she, man, she was feisty. And she stood up on that podium and she read her classic stories. And it was amazing. She was sharp. She was witty. She she gave it to us. And, and we took it, man. We took everything she gave us. And none of us at that moment knew that a month later Grace would be dead. But she was. She was dead a month later. So it was such a privilege to be um, not only in this amazing town for the first time, but to listen to this great writer give her last public reading. So Provincetown then became this thing for me because now that I had experienced it once, I wanted to experience it again because, shit, it was fantastic there. So I booked a second trip to Provincetown the following year, or maybe two years later, and um, I took Joe with me. And Joe immediately loved it there too. We, we just felt so comfortable there. And I believe we stayed at the Surfside Inn, which is um, sort of like a retro motel type beachfront property on the uh, east side of um, Commercial Street. And uh, this place has a pool and, and it had um, slushy margaritas and that kind of thing. And we would walk the mile, mile and a half from Surfside into the center of town and just, you know, enjoy dinner and drinks and dancing and all that stuff. And I remember that one summer, um, we got caught in some rainstorm at some point when we were out at the center of town. And so we, we snuck into a bar. And it was one of these loungy bars, very dark black patent leather padded bar I believe and um, I think there was a lot of red velvet drapery around and the bartender was um, this beautiful Fonzie looking character you know and by Fonzie I mean he had that sort of like 50s bouffant kind of hair sort of like an old Elvis hair with the sideburns um, white t-shirt, jeans, probably had a leather jacket under the bar, I don't know. And uh, he was very sweet and very attentive, and he, he asked us what we wanted, and we both ordered our dirty martinis, because something about the sea air makes me want a dirty martini. I don't know about you people. And so we ordered our dirty martinis, and they were divine. And it was hailing out there. It was just stormy and rainy and there was lightning. And, and all of a sudden, these two older men sort of barged into the place wearing white polo shirts and white 
shorts, Bermuda shorts, I guess. And they were both like, you know, white-haired men, I would say. They were in their late 60s, early 70s. And they were really fucking loud. They just walked in there like, you know, and it seemed like people knew who they were. At least the few people that were sitting at the bar knew who they were. And they greeted all these people and they greeted the bartender. And they, they promptly sat down and ordered drinks and, you know, they, they, they're having their drinks and they look over and they see me and Joe sitting there and immediately they're drawn to us. And, and so they proceeded to introduce themselves and I don't remember what their names were. Maybe it was like, I don't know, Duke and Spike or something. And um, I just remember that they were uh, loud and boisterous that they were, I believe, retired cops from Boston, but were now retired and living somewhere in Texas. And uh, they had this boat, and every year they would come in their boat, and they would always make a stop at Provincetown. Because Provincetown has got great drag queens and great whiskey. Uh, That's a quote. And I thought, well, oh, okay, well, that's fantastic. And, and then one guy started showing me pictures of his grandchildren, and the other guy started telling me about, I think he had um, a Mexican wife or something, and I guess I reminded him of his Mexican wife. I don't know. I mean, you tell me what that was about. Um, and they, they, were just, they were just really rowdy and, and slightly dirty and... They insinuated a lot of um, things about visiting Provincetown and sort of having a free pass at being men and loving men. And I thought, wow, okay, this, this, is, this is great. I love it. Um, and so it felt to me like this was their escape from, I guess, dom- domesticity, domesticity, domesticity. I can say that fucking word. The other thing I remember of that night, besides the two rowdy, rowdy ex-cops, was that there was a bowl of um, condoms on the bar. And um, Joe has this thing uh, where he has to take a condom if it's offered for free. Like, he just takes them. He loves grabbing them. I, I don't know. Maybe it's he stashes them away somewhere. I have no idea. So he, he, he stuck his, his paw in there and, you know, Joe's a big guy, so he's, you know, a big paw in this uh, little bowl of condoms. And, and he, he whipped one out and, and the bartender's just standing there watching him. And Joe looks at this tiny condom and looks at the bartender and says, damn, I only like magnums. The bartender just sort of gave him a sly smile and, and made some kind of like remark. And I just, I just was watching this whole thing riveted because um, I thought, wow, Joe is really embracing Provincetown. He's actually flirting with the bartender. And um, later on, we, we, we walked home. The rain had stopped and we're at the Surfside Inn having a margarita and I go Joe you're I'm so proud of you you're you're you were like flirting your ass off with the bartender that is so awesome of you and um Joe just looked at me and and 
sort of puzzled and, and was like, what, what, what are you, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, the bartender, you were, you were flirting with him, you know, we were, we were at a gay bar for goodness sakes. And again, Joe just looked at me with that blank face and was like, we were at a gay bar? <laughs> uh, anyway, needless to say, by the third time we went to Promise Town, Joe understood the deal and was still pretty comfortable flirting his ass off. And um, we've been there more than three, four, I don't know, five, six times now. And each year it, it just gets better. It's, it's always uh, a place where we rejuvenate. This year we actually caught um, a live show, Miss Richfield 1981. And she is uh, just a great performer, smart. Um, the show had a, a bit of a political edge to it, but it wasn't um, heavy-handed. And um, it also had a feminist slant to it. And of course, she called me and Joe out, and that was great. Um, she thought we made a really cute lesbian couple, and we took a picture with Miss Richfield. And Miss um, Richfield was a pretty, pretty large uh, a drag queen. I gotta say, I was I was a little um, surprised at how big some of these uh, performers are. They're 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 big, big ladies. Um, with, with very large hands, and, and she gave me a really, really tight squeeze. And, and I gotta say, I, I, I think I, I really liked it, actually. <laughs> I liked the drag squeeze that she gave me. Anyway, Miss Richfield, if you're in Provincetown, check her out. Also, we stayed at this great place called Salt House Inn, which is very close to the center of town. Cute, cute boutique hotel. Um, had a, a lovely sort of outdoor area, not a pool, but, you know, you were pretty much walking distance from the bay, so didn't really matter much, at least to me. Besides, pools attract children, which really sucks. Even in, even in P-Town, there are a lot of kids running around, so, um, I was actually glad not, glad not to have a pool yeah, that was that was my uh, vacation, and uh, it was P Town this week, and now I'm back, and uh, we're gonna have a glorious time. I'm thinking of um, opening up the podcast and um, inviting some folks to join me, and we can maybe have a chat and talk about what they're working on. Um, you know, I'm thinking creative folks because those are the folks that I like to hear talk so um stay tuned for that and I'll see you next time flowers everyone once again thanks so much for listening if you want more you can find digging through with Jesse Alvarez on SoundCloud and on iTunes you can follow me on Twitter at Jesse digs you